1: You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spitting Statistician, and you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout out, as always, if you're listening live on iHeartRadio, if you're listening live on TuneIn Radio, if you're listening live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, because we are the only network that is 24-7 and free to get all Everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Also, if you're watching live on the YouTube Fantasy Channel, come on inside to Studio 34 and be part of the hashtag cipher We're going to be engaging with the chat room a little bit later on as part of the Cypher. We have a big show on a Monday, and if you are a fan of the Fantasy Freestyle, all I got to say is... And you digs it. Stephon Diggs with a 61-yard touchdown catch on the last play of the game. As time expired, you know that Diggs is one of our favorites here on the Fantasy Freestyle. So much so that I got to give props to the— mad people hit me up on Twitter right away being like can you digs it lol my homegirl Maria Marino first team all lit hit me up talking about can you digs it everybody knows that it is definitely one of speeds guys had him in my DFS lineup this week as well which certainly pushed me up above the cut line so that I could win a little bit of cash here on a holiday weekend on our last show here on lineup block live me and Tony Sincata also went through the quarter million dollar winner who definitely had Stefan Diggs had the nuts of Big Ben Roethlisberger who put up 469 yards but it did not matter because the Jacksonville Jaguars went in to Pittsburgh and won that game 45-42 we are going to be talking about all of it my takeaways from the division round we will certainly get into the news and notes around the NFL moving forward because we have a lot of head coaching news that we have to get into. And if you were listening to Thursday or Friday show last week, you know, we brought back something we did last year, which was speeds versus the kids. And I got to tell you, The kids had a good week, so we are lucky because down there in the fantasy pit of misery is one of my fantasy BFFs. It is Mike Florio, and we're going to have to talk to Mike Florio about his kids vis-a-vis some of our kids' picks because the kids, a lot of them went 3-1. Mike Florio, nah, not so much. We'll get into that a little bit later on. I'll also give a look at uh, some of the moves going around Major League Baseball right now. We've been talking about how the hot stove was cold as ice. It is starting to heat up, and I'll tell you about a big trade that happened in the National League today. We also got that poll question, which was the most impressive division winner, in your opinion. Hit me up on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds. Obviously, the choices are the four teams left standing, the Eagles, the Pats, the Jaguars, and the Minnesota Vikings after a play that will go down in NFL playoff history. We will talk about all of it coming right back here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, <laughs> know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez beats the spitting statistician, the stable genius here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout-out to my guy, Mike Florio, down there on the Fantasy Pit of Misery. Continuing the big rapper's theme, huh, Florio? We had a lot of big L on Lineup Lock Live. We go to the notorious B-I-G here on a Monday as we're getting it going with the Fantasy Freestyle. Remember, we're going to holler at the hashtag stats over beat for a little bit later on. So whether you are in the chat room on the YouTube stream, or if you want to holler at me a little bit later on in the show, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Let's get it started with some news and notes here from around the NFL. The first thing I want to say is, check this out, Mike Malarkey and the Tennessee Titans have decided to uh, split. They've mutually decided to go their separate ways. Remember, there was a lot of talk that Malarkey was going to get fired at the end of the regular season. The Titans then won Week 17. They pulled the upset in Kansas City in wildcard round. A lot of people thought he saved his job. In fact, that is not the case. They are moving on, which creates now a seventh opening in the NFL. I think this is in question because, listen— Malarkey, they overperform this year. Okay? They go to the playoffs. They win a playoff game. If you talk to any Tennessee Titans fan at the beginning of the season and said, hey, if I tell you you're going to win one playoff game this season, and, you know, Marcus Mariota would not have a career-threatening injury. Would you take that? I think most Titans fans would say yes and continuing to build. But listen, we're getting now reports that they may interview Mike Vrabel as an option there in Tennessee. There are also reports that uh Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator, would quote-unquote prefer the Titans to any of the other jobs he has been linked to. But there is a lot of reports right now that McDaniels will, in fact, be the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. It sounds like he is going all in on believing Andrew Luck will be uh, ready to go. You got to figure if you're Josh McDaniels as an offensive mind, having Andrew Luck would be great. So yes, there are reports that Josh McDaniels is expected to be the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Also reports that Matt Patricia will be the next head coach of the Detroit Lions. Okay, We are also getting reports now that it is going to be Pat Shermer as the front runner going to the New York football giants. And remember, I think this is important because. There have been reports that wherever Pat Shermer goes, he is going to try to take Case Keenum with him. I think that has implications for one Eli Manning potentially now being in the quarterback merry-go-round in this offseason. You gotta think, if you're Shermer and you go to the Giants and you take your boy Case Keenum with you, I think Case Keenum comes on a short-term contract, on a one or two kind of year, prove it kind of deal, because I still think that the Giants are going to take a quarterback number two overall. It'll probably be Rosen, but then you take Keenum maybe as the bridge guy to get him there. I think that is a viable fit, meaning that Eli Manning may wind up being in the quarterback carousel. Places like Denver, places like Jacksonville might be interested in that. Remember also last week when I did my head coaching ranks for the openings? Well, think about the ones that are now filled. I said Oakland was one. They got the big name. I said I liked Detroit. And I liked Indianapolis in the middle, right? They got the hot coordinators from New England. I said that lower than that were the New York Giants, then the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals, and that they were going to have to try and get retreads or coordinators that they were going to be a year early on. And that's what's happening. Shermer now potentially with the Giants. Remember how the Bears went ahead and got Nagy, a coordinator from Kansas City, who was probably a year early with it. And now there are reports that out there in Arizona, Arizona, that um, they are looking at the Patriots linebackers coach. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. The Patriots could have their coaching ranks completely eviscerated in this offseason, but that would be another example of trying to get an up-and-coming guy as a stretch role for the Arizona Cardinals because they are not attracting talent. We will see who kind of is in the runnel aside, aside from Mike Vrabel for this Tennessee Titans opening, and we'll see if Malarkey surfaces some where else. That is not the only change in Tennessee after they are now gone from the NFL playoffs. There is words that DeMarco Murray is likely to be cut. Um, he would take take that cap hit off the Tennessee Titans. Looks like they believe in Derrick Henry, Marcus Mariota, and maybe a different style of offense. Remember earlier in the season when Rashad Matthews was saying that they liked maybe going no huddle a little bit more. They liked their four-minute offense a little bit more. There were a lot of talk about how Malarkey's offense, this exotic Smash Mouth, which is probably the last time we're going to get to say exotic Smash Mouth. If they kind of, uh, Evolve into the 21st century. It could be interesting things for guys like Marcus Mariota next year and keep an eye on Corey Davis next year. We had a Corey Davis siding, two touchdowns in that game against the Patriots. But DeMarco Murray, what is he worth out there as a potential free agent? I got to tell you, I would look elsewhere if I'm a team in the running back market, a team like Detroit, a team like the Giants, okay? I would rather have Carlos Hyde. Then DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray is turning 30 this year. DeMarco Murray, in my opinion, is one of those Kia running backs. My neck, my back. Always something wrong with DeMarco Murray. I don't think I'd open up the Brinks truck for a guy like him. In running back news also, we are getting reports again that the Steelers will in fact franchise tag Le'Veon Bell, giving him another season under the franchise tag, getting something like 14, 15 million dollars for that as the franchise tag. But I got to tell you. I think that this is then going into the kind of Kirk Cousins territory where they may squeeze all the juice out of the orange they can, and maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers decide that they want to take one more run at it because it looks like Big Ben will be coming back, but I'll have the same narrative on the Pittsburgh Steelers. One year, Big Ben's last ride for retirement when you still have Antonio Brown and you still have Le'Veon Bell. If they sour the waters with Le'Veon Bell, though, I think he will be gone as soon as he is allowed to when they stop Fran tagging him I think that is very interesting you have Martavis Bryant saying he wants to come back with the Pittsburgh Steelers I think the Steelers will take one more run at it and if you ask me if you listen to the show you know I believe the Steelers a game if they play it is better than anyone else's a game but the problem is they are not able to call upon that when they need it whether it is the regular season against the Patriots or in a tight playoff game this week against the Jaguars That's the last note I. Will will have for you here is AR-15, Alan Robinson, saying that he will be healthy, he will take his physicals and look to be cleared before free agency starts in March. I think AR-15 is a very interesting fit if any team is looking for a free agent wide receiver. His skill is incredible. This is a guy that make Blake Bortles look decent. This is a guy that made Christian Hackenberg in college look decent. Coming off an ACL surgery, listen, this is a guy that was was also a top five, top seven kind of wide receiver going into drafts last year or two years ago. What if he wound up in San Francisco with Jimmy GQ? What if he wound up in Oakland replacing a guy like Michael Crabtree? What if he wound up as the one wide receiver, the outside wide receiver in a place like Baltimore with Macklin then moving to the wide out, too? I think there will be a market for AR-15. All right. What we got to do here is we got to talk, Florio, about these kids. I got to tell you something. These kids had a big-time week. We heard from Michaela, the unicorn in training. She went 3-1. and She had the Eagles. She had the Patriots. She had the Jaguars, which is going to be a theme around these kids. Her only loss, check this out, Florio, she then had the Saints. She was one play away from going undefeated in divisional weekend. She went 3 and 1. The Saints were her only loss. Got to give it up for Michaela going 3 and 1. Hop huh, Florio Okay. Florio probably doesn't want to respond. No, Florio, I understand. It's this is tough for you because your picks were the Falcons, the Pats, the Steelers, and the Saints. You, my friend, went one and three, and we were talking about what happens if these kids build up a lead on you, and now on Monday, you're relatively speechless as Michaela goes three and one. Goose went three and one. Her only mistake was she had the Titans. Tito went three and one. His only mistake was the Falcons. Even Zoe Our 14-month-old or almost 2-year-old kid, she went 2-and-2 having the Eagles and having the Jaguars. She went 2-and-2. Florio... You uh, you went 1-3. What happened? Yeah, I had a bad week, and I, I tweeted you yesterday. I said the, I kids, the kids were having a big game because they had the Cats, and the Cats came through for them. And yeah. and after the show, I told you, I said, the kids are going to beat us if the Cats win, and, and that's exactly what happened. All of the kids were on the Jaguars. They felt the Cats. And as you know, the Cats came through with a 45-42 win um, against Pittsburgh Steelers. What we're going to do is we're going to further recap our picks and then I'm going to give you my biggest takeaways from Divisional Weekend when we come back right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on back and listen to what I took away from Divisional Weekend. Uh, Speeds, the spitting statistician, gives his spotlight on Divisional Weekend and what you can learn moving forward when we come back here. It is the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. woo <laughs> This goes out to you, and this goes out to you, and you, and you. You know what it is. It is the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got speeds the spitting statistician for this hour on the Fantasy Freestyle. Florio giving me those biggie tracks because we're coming back here bobbing your head. Because the neck knows what's up. It is the hashtag Stats Over Cipher, and I got to tell you something. I got mad love for the Stats Overbeat Cipher. Uh, mad people hit me up on Twitter right as that Stefan Diggs play happened. Everybody remembering that you know we have been on Diggs all season long. Stefan, can you digs it? Certainly came through for his team on the last play of the game. Uh, I was talking with this uh, about with Florio about this. Not only does Diggs make the catch... But then he has the presence of mind to not just go out of bounds, which has got to be what you were told in that huddle. If you make the catch, go out of bounds, try and save yourself for a potential game winning field goal. But he saw that because Williams, you know, kind of flew by and was out there, there was no one in back of him and he could go all the way. Big shout out to the hashtag stats overbeat cipher. Lantern hit me up. Jilly Dilly hit me up. Uh, Maria Marino, first team all lit with the shoulder shimmy. She hit me up. A lot of people knowing that uh, I was probably happy seeing Stefan can. You digs it. Do big, big things for the Minnesota Vikings. Also, check this out. Jilly Dilly, um, props to you because on Friday, I literally said that the Titans-Patriots game was going to be potentially a 35-14 final. Your boy Speedy nailed it cold. And I got to say this. As we said that the kids went 3-1. Florio went only 1-3. I went 2-2. Two but I will say this, if you listen to my picks on Friday against the spread, I actually went 4-0. I told you that the Eagles, because I love the home dogs, they would win it outright, and they did. I told you that the Patriots, that I would lay the points with the Patriots, that they would win by a lot ab- above the 13.5 point spread, and they did. I said that I thought the Steelers would win the game, but not Cover. So against the spread I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars, which was correct. And I also said that I had the New Orleans Saints and I got to tell you something. There were sports books that were ablaze on Sunday cuz you got to think listen, people had people got the line Minnesota minus 5 and it wound up being a 5 point win. You know, it was a 20 29 24 final, but check this out. They were saying, I don't know if you saw this at the end of the game. They were like, "We have to kick the extra point." That would have made it a six-point victory. You know this line closed at five and a half? So their decision after the game to go on and kneel down instead of just kick the extra point, that is what changed it for a lot of people. Hashtag game of inches. The other thing I want to say here while we're talking about the hashtag stats overbeat cypher is we saw a new uh, Dilly Dilly commercials, the Bud Light ones, right? He's turning everything into Bud Light. He's going to turn the king himself into Bud Light. Doesn't do that. Okay. I like that one. I still like the Pit of Misery one the best, but we got to get something big time. There's only going to be, you know, next week and then the Super Bowl. I guarantee you that this will be the first commercial after the kickoff of the Super Bowl will be like the culmination Dilly Dilly commercial. So I am looking forward to that. But check this out. All right, so... Michaela goes three and one. Goose goes three and one. Tito goes three and one. Zoe goes two and two. All ahead of Mike Florio, the expert journalist. Mike Florio, who goes one and three. Your boy Speeds went two and two. But if you add that to my three and one from Wild Card Weekend, I am now five and three on the playoffs. Ventra, our boy, the analyst, he went three and one. His only loss was the Falcons. He had Falcons, Pats, Jaguars, and Vikings. Put that with his 2-2 and, toe, two and two record for wildcard weekend. He is also 5-3 and three along with me. We may have some new kids in the cypher for uh, AFC and NFC championship game. Florio, we got to get your pick. See if you could rebound, make it to 500. Let me tell you what I thought about this. First of all. Philadelphia Eagles. I told you about the home dogs, okay? That is a trend we have been playing. And I told you that this defense was going to be serious. That's what I liked about the Philadelphia Eagles anyway. Obviously, there's once in his MVP caliber, uh, you know, 12 or 13 games. But here's what I thought was very important Devontae Freeman. 10 carries for 7 yards. Remember how I said, oh, the Atlanta Falcons didn't go away from what got them there, and they had all these 32 attempts against the Rams. They were not able to do that against the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought that was huge. And I really think, listen, this home dog thing, it matters, okay? You take a dome team, you put them in a 35-degree stadium, and that crowd was hyped. Big fourth down plays. Changeover of possessions. They were getting it going. You saw the same thing in Minnesota with the skull. This matters, okay? Does it matter enough for me to once again pick the Eagles as home dogs against the Vikings this week? Tune in later on in the week to find out. And also, I got to say this. People are critiquing the play call for this last play for the Falcons. No, 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 no. The play call was fine. You know who wasn't? Julio Jones, who defecated the mattress not once but twice on that play, slipping and falling out of his break. By the way, that's something that happens when a dome team plays outside on grass. This is what happens. And then, not for nothing, Matty Ice put the ball right where Julio Jones needed it. And it went right through Julio Jones' hands. Now, I know he landed out of bounds, but you got to figure if he makes that catch... Maybe he can get both feet in. That's the San Antonio Holmes play in the Super Bowl. Julio, you got to come up with that, in my opinion. Our next game was in New England, you know, 35-17. Shout out to Jilly Dilly, who saw that I nailed the score of this game cold. And let me tell you something. People are going to laugh at me, but there was a huge play, like m- mid-second quarter. It is 14-7, and it's kind of a back-and-forth game. I even had one of my boys out there in California t- uh, text me like, yo, Tennessee is going to win this game. They were hanging with them. It was a huge play. Uh, the Eagle, uh, the Pats were punting it on like their own 10- or 15-yard line. And it was a 14-7 game. Tennessee was going to get the ball back with good field position. And Tennessee had a crazy penalty. Giving New England the first down, they then go ahead and drive, go up 21-7, and at that point... It was lights out for the Tennessee Titans and apparently for Malarkey's coaching career in Tennessee as well. I got to tell you something. This running back herd that I talk about in New England was definitely in play. A lot of people were on, myself included, was on Deion Lewis. And Deion Lewis had a nice game. 15 carries for 69 yards. Caught nine balls for another 79 yards, all right? My man had over 140 combined scrimmage yards. So you were on him, but he got vultured not once, not twice, but three times. James White, two touchdowns. Brandon Bolden, a touchdown. Now with Rex Burkhead maybe being healthy for the AFC Championship game, I would stay away from these Patriots running backs. The herd is real. Okay, and here's the other thing. Uh, Conklin went out in that game at right about the same time, this kind of pendulum swinging play I was telling you about that penalty. Mariota got sacked 8 times. We've been talking about offensive line play all season long. When you're all pro left tackle or tackle goes down, it is not going to be helpful. As I mentioned also, we had a Corey Davis sighting a little bit late for a stats overbeat cipher fans, but Corey Davis five catches, 63 yards and two touchdowns including the first one which was Evidence of his incredible skill. Maybe with a new head coach, maybe with a new scheme, if they're not playing exotic smash mouth, Corey Davis could be in line for a big sophomore season. And then we got to talk about this Jaguars win, 45 42. I got to tell you something. They punched the Steelers in the mouth. They had three rushing touchdowns in the first like 19 minutes of play. This, to be quite honest, and I don't, I hate saying it this way, this is where the Steelers missed a guy like Ryan Shazier. Their linebacker who can go sideline to sideline. This is where you miss a guy like that. Okay, but honestly, I, some, of the pay, uh, some of the Steelers' calls here made no sense to me. On fourth down, why are they running the ball out wide, pitching it to Le'Veon Bell? I don't like that. Run the ball downhill in between the tackles with your patient, incredible running back, Le'Veon Bell. Give Le'Veon Bell the ball more in the second half. I like when they threw deep, you know, the bomb to Martavis Bryant on fourth down. A lot of production they had on fourth down. Big Ben putting up video game numbers. I like that. But why are they not getting Le'Veon Bell the ball more in the second half? And here's the other thing. What, what are they doing in late game situations? Why are they kicking an onside kick instead of kicking deep when they get within a uh, touchdown? When they have two timeouts and the two-minute warning. They held them. And we're able to drive down for the touchdown. If you to kick that ball deep, they could have tied that game. Why are they not calling their timeouts in uh, in like the last minute either? Why? Poor clock management, poor game management, in my opinion, when it related to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I will say this, Leonard Fournette is a perfect fit for that team running and defense. It travels. It worked for the Baltimore Ravens. It's worked for the Tampa Bay Bucs in Super Bowl runs before. Might it work for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I don't know. I mean, this defense is really otherworldly. Will they be able to do what they did against New England? I'm not so sure, but here's the thing. They scored 45 points. Granted, they got a defensive touchdown, but their offense scored 38 points against a Pittsburgh defense that was top five in the NFL. A Pittsburgh defense with the most sacks in the NFL. Is Blake Bortles putting it all in our eye? I'm not so sure. I think it was really more Leonard Fournette, to be quite honest. And here's the thing. Leonard Fournette is always banged up. He missed most of the second quarter came back but can you rely on Leonard Fournette that's what it really comes down to for me that's what gives me cause for pause that and of course they're going up to New England I don't know if they can have a you know I think style makes fight and it makes it better right because I think New England knows how to handle Pittsburgh and Jacksonville is a different kind of challenge they will get pressure on Tom Brady what if they hit him what if they uh send him to the cold dark quiet room? He won't go, we'll just go to the tent and have an eye injury, but whatever. We shall see. But we'll chop it up about that all week long here on the Fantasy Freestyle. When we come back, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this Viking Saints game. I'm going to tell you about my other biggest overall takeaway of Divisional Weekend. And then, guys, I got to tell you also, the Major League Baseball hot stove has been cold as ice, but it is heating up in the last week. We're going to talk about that a little while as well. Maybe get a call from the hashtag cipher that wants to talk Major League Baseball. But maybe it doesn't matter. Because maybe there's a new sport that people care more about than baseball. We'll talk about that a little bit more as well. Your boy, Dane Martinez, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle, on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network on a holiday Monday. Come on right back. We having fun. You know what it is. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. been a terror since the public school era it's a little more notorious big on the fantasy freestyle yo i've been a terror since the public school era bathroom passes cutting classes squeezing asses smoking was a daily routine since 13 chubby on the scene i used to have to pick a trade deuce in my bubble goose what early biggie yo early biggie mike florio yo, you need to learn up on some early biggie they call that one party and bs you need to check that one out right here on the fantasy sports radio network fantasy freestyle your boy speeds the spitting statistician i gotta tell you something about this minnesota new orleans game because here's the thing i had people hit me up My uh, Super Bowl pick went down the drain this weekend. I was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I was on the New Orleans Saints, and my thesis was that I trust Drew Brees in the NFC over any of these uh, other quarterbacks of the top seeds, over Nick Foles, over Case Keenum, over Jared Goff, who already had his exit. And I got to tell you something, Keenum did not look amazing in that game. And in the second half, Drew Brees certainly did. Drew Brees was throwing dimes. Did you see that fourth down throw to Willie Sneed to keep their season alive? Throws to Michael Thomas left and right. Drew Brees was outperforming Case Keenum. And my narrative, my angle, was holding true. Until Stefan Diggs (laughs) changed all of that. But I got to tell you something. I love this Minnesota team. I love this Minnesota defense. They did get banged up. I think Zatejo went out with a head injury in this one. But listen, Minnesota's very well rounded. You gotta love their defense, even on the road against Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are home dogs for three and a half points against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. I like Minnesota a lot. Our guy Tony Cincata said that, you know, the Minnesota Vikings might be hosting the Super Bowl. They are only one game away against the backup quarterback for that to happen. I love their defense. I think it travels. I think Phelan and Diggs, don't forget about Kyle Rudolph as an option. And their two-headed monster there. You know, you got Lat Murray, you got Jarek McKinnon. Imagine if this team still had Dalvin Cook. And I also mentioned, listen, that five-and-a-half point spread. If you had the Saints, you still won because they did not cover because they decided to kneel down after that play. Hashtag game of inches. But Florio, let me ask you this. Real quick, my biggest takeaway of the league, and i alluded to it before. When we talk about what was like the experienced quarterbacks against like these inexperienced quarterbacks, listen, we had Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees, and only one of them wound up advancing. My thesis has always been: if you show me a top ten quarterback, you know, a quarterback that can win, I will take those guys against the field right now in the NFL playoffs. But that is not what happened. It was right when I said that that. that That Matty Ice and Matt Ryan would beat Jared Goff in the wild card weekend. I thought this was my ticket for Drew Brees getting to the Super Bowl. I still think the the thesis kind of worked until one of the craziest plays in NFL history. But but check how that sets up for Tom Brady. He had to face Tennessee and Marcus Mariota in the division round. And remember last week when he, last year when he got Brock Osweiler in the division round instead of facing maybe a hot Derek Carr in the Oakland Raiders after that broken leg? But then he's going to get Blake Bortles in the AFC Championship game instead of, say, Hall of Famer Big Ben Roethlisberger. And then in the Super Bowl, if it goes that way, he's going to face either Nick Foles or Case Keenum and get to avoid, say, Drew Brees, get to avoid, say, Cam Newton, get to avoid, say, Matty Ice. This sets up for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Once again, everything falls the Patriots' way, whether it be Kelvin Benjamin, you know, overturn calls, whether it be all the quarterbacks that could do work against the Patriots falling down one by one, and they get a path full of junior varsity squads all the way to Super Bowl Fifty Two. It's th- absolutely ridiculous, Florio. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you could say they get junior varsity quarterbacks maybe to go up against, but not squads. Like these are defenses that have already held other top sure. quarterbacks in check, so maybe Brady's the next one. So let me ask you this, and here's where it comes down. This is kind of the question, and tell Danny I wanna maybe if we get some conversation about this in the chat as well. Do you still need a franchise quarterback in order to win the Super Bowl? Look, look, the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing it with running and defense. The Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer has implemented his scheme, got his guys to play that defense. The Philadelphia Eagles, they won that game on the strength of their defense and their defensive philosophy about having eight strong defensive linemen that they could rotate in and be fresh. Like, maybe defense wins championships. I used to think you needed the... You know, the difference maker at quarterback. I still believe in the NFL in 2017 or 18, you need the quarterback who can get at the line and go, kill, 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 and make the play and read the mail. I still think that's what you need, but um, these defenses beat these uh, elite or established quarterbacks this week. I mean, if I gave you Florio for 2018, if I gave you your pick of, say, like five quarterbacks, you know, Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben and, like, you know, stud quarterbacks or i gave you the top five nfl defenses where would you go i'm still gonna take the quarterback i still think it is a quarterback driven league but i think if we're realizing that it is harder and harder to find these quarterbacks and the top picks aren't really working out as we have envisioned so you either need a top quarterback or you need an elite defense with weapons around an average quarterback i think the other way is like look at look at Matt Ryan and the Falcons last year, okay? You, you, you make a great point that it's hard to find these quarterbacks, but you get the quarterbacks not in their first three years. You get the quarterbacks going into kind of like, you know, ages uh, you know 28 to 31, right? When they still have all their athletic gifts, but they know the NFL and play schemes and defenses and personnel well enough that they can kind of move the pieces of the chessboard around. So you got guys like maybe the Matt Ryan as well, you know? I'm very interested to see that kind of crop of quarterbacks, the Matt Ryans, the Matthew Staffords, the um, the Kirk Cousins, the people, you know, still Aaron Rodgers as well, people in that uh, age group to kind of see. So I do think it is interesting, but we will be talking about my confidence in the offenses, the defenses, and the coaching staffs for championship weekend throughout the week. I do want to say this, though, as we keep on talking here on the Fantasy Freestyle one of the things we're going to start doing is also, you know, we're going to get baseball into the conversation. We know here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, a lot of people will be playing fantasy baseball last year. Right after the Super Bowl, I started giving you my team-by-team previews. And if you listen to those, you heard my pick was the Houston Astros to win the AL. How about that? My pick was Corey Kluber to win the Cy Young. How about that? My pick was Jose Altuve to win the AL MVP. How about that, right? So you can get a lot of information there to help you win a little bit of cash. But listen, a lot of people have said, Florio, that the hot stove has been really cold this year. And there's a number of reasons why. Potentially the 2018 free agent class. Potentially this 189 cap. You know, potentially Scott Boris holding all the cards, you know. But there have been some trades. And and in the last week, listen, Garrett Cole going to Houston. Um we have Andrew McCutcheon today. If you haven't heard, Andrew McCutcheon has been traded to the San Francisco Giants. The Giants were trying to be in on Stanton as well. Stand to the Yanks. The Firestale in with the Marlins and Derek Jeter continued. Marcelo Zuna to the St. Louis Cardinals. We're starting to see some arbitration things like Machado and Donaldson. I think we're gonna see some other dominoes fall, okay? So we are gonna talk about why it's been cold in the hot stove this year. We're gonna talk about what can still happen and how that impacts you know, some people like, let's say John Johnson does move to the Cardinals. Let's say Brad Hand does wind up with the Houston Astros to give them a lefty out of the pen. Let's say, you know, these Royals, you know, Lorenzo Kane, Hosmer, Mustakis still up there for grabs. Some relievers out there as well. So we're going to talk about that before. But the thing is, honestly, Florio, I can't make rankings yet. I don't know about you know where people are gonna land. You gotta see the full composition of an offense to know, you know, if McCutcheon is gonna be hitting three in this offense, who's with him? You know, so it's hard to do rankings, but I will do rankings and I will start doing team by team previews. But listen, we had Andrew McCutcheon, a five time All Star, traded to the San Francisco Giants today. I think there might be movement on some other guys. Michael Fulmer comes to mind, Yuki Darvish comes to mind. So we'll keep you abreast of everything here on the fantasy freestyle. But I did want to mention this. Florio, did you know, check this out, the Gallup Poll, they do this poll, you know, a well-respected polling company. Ever since 1937, they have asked Americans, what is your favorite sport to watch? Florio, what do you think was the number one sport? Football. Absolutely correct. However, football has gone down six percentage points in the last 10 years. 37% of people say that football is their favorite sport to watch. Down, though, from 43% at its height about 10 years ago. Here's the interesting one, though, Florio. Who do you think was number two? Basketball. Absolutely correct. For the first time, for the first time ever, baseball has dropped out of the top two in this country. 9% say baseball. So I give you these baseball updates. You know, 9% say baseball. 11% say that basketball is their favorite sport to watch. So we got 37% football, still king. NBA and basketball, 11%. And baseball now down to third in this country. I still love baseball. I love it as a background thing. I love the boys of spring, the leisurely pace. But these millennials, you know, you're swiping right, you're swiping left. You're looking for likes right away. The NBA, more conducive. It is now the number two sport in the United States of America. You know what I also thought was interesting from this poll, Florio, is you know got football one, basketball two at 11%, baseball three at 9%, soccer is now number four. Check this out. At 7%, almost overtaking baseball as the third biggest sport in this country. They say it is the biggest uh, share of this poll of any sport that was not football, basketball, or baseball since 1997 when NASCAR got up to 7%. Soccer is truly on the move here. In the United States of America. When we come back here though on the fantasy freestyle, we're going to check in on a different poll. I had the poll on Twitter, which team was the most impressive during divisional weekend. And we also go to my boy Danny, who's been monitoring the chat down on the fantasy pit of misery. Want to hear what people are saying. If they, uh, you know, if they were surprised that the kids outpicked speeds and outpicked Mike Florio this weekend, all that and more. When we come back on the fantasy freestyle right here on the award winning fantasy sports radio network. Work. Florio going with a little bit of uh, Jay-Z instead of the big theme that we've had. But that's all right. My head could bounce. My, head, my neck knows what's up. Stats over beat Cypher. You know what it is. Fantasy Freestyle. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you don't arrive with the stats over beats, cypher, and spitting and speeds, you're dead wrong. Because I am the stable genius of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We had a poll question up earlier today. It was, who was the most impressive Winner from Divisional Round. Are they your Super Bowl favorite? If you think about it, obviously the options are the Eagles, the Pats, the Jags, and the Vikings. Those are the final four in the NFL. I was a little surprised by the response. 43% of you say the Jacksonville Jaguars were the most impressive team. Listen, that defense everybody's been talking about did give up 42 points to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see what they can do against New England. 28% say the Pats were most impressive. 22% say the Vikings. 7% say the Eagles. The Vikings, listen, they were impressive at home, but they They leave the friendly confines. Everyone thought that the Vikings were going to be home field throughout the entire playoffs because they thought that the Eagles would get knocked off. But the Vikings go on the road where they are still road favorites against the Philadelphia Eagles. We will be talking about that all week long. But I want to do now is uh, go to the hashtag StatsOverBeatsCypher. Cipher, in our boy Danny, who is down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Uh, how was your weekend, Danny? How's it going, man? What are the people saying? What's good? With you. Weekend was great How was yours? It was pretty good It was pretty good You know, I'm still getting back You know, from Asia Getting my time back And getting myself organized You know, kind of really feel like Now is the, the start of me Back at the grind You know, but a lot of football A lot of good stuff
0: That's good so, uh, yeah, we are kind of all over the place. Just all right, like, what do you got? It's like the freestyle. The time. It's yeah, the yeah.
1: freestyle. I'm down for whatever.
0: So, uh, Strong Style Ninja's been weighing strong in. Strong uh,
1: Style. That is my boy. What's yeah. good? Yeah, one, one of my favorites. Um, Saints and Vikings game was definitely the game of the week. Yeah. Can't really argue with that at no, all. No, <laughs> absolutely. We were saying that was gonna be the game of the week. I said that that was the one I was most looking forward to, and it you know, it was a sixty minute game to be sure. Even when they were down seventeen nothing, I thought that the Saints still had a chance. And listen, I hold true to my thesis. I'd rather have Breeze than any of these quarterbacks. It's just, you know, fate got in the
0: way. Yeah. So we got a couple of Super Bowl predictions. Oh, okay. We got Vikings and Jags in the Super Bowl.
1: See, I guess right now and you know, I'm gonna review my picks a little bit later on in the week because, you know, I gotta I gotta make it up against the kids, obviously. (laughs) So I gotta see who the kids pick and see if I can go, you know, outside. I think most people, you know, Vikings Jags was that pick, huh? Yeah. I think the most popular pick is going to be Patriots Vikings. You know, that's what I think will be the most popular pick. The Patriots are actually nine point favorites at home. The Vikings are favorites even on the road. I think those are the favorites. I think the favorite will be Patriots Vikings. And and remember, if the Vikings are at home, this is like you know, tickets will go through the roof. The price of these tickets, right, right, right. You know, so that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, the the other one we got was Pats and
1: Eagles. Yeah, listen, I was big on the Eagles early. I mean, I think the Patriots, you know, can the Eagles do it? They will be at home. That would be the home teams getting it there. And could Nick Foles wind up going? I mean, will Nick Foles, Case Keenum, or Blake Bortles wind up being in the Super Bowl? This is something we got to keep an eye on. Danny, I hear that our boy Chris Ventra... Might be back for the fantasy pit of misery tomorrow. Is that correct? I believe
0: he will be back in tomorrow
1: because you know I haven't seen Chris Ventura in the year in a 2018, a long time. Yeah. and so I want to definitely chop it up with him about his picks, see how he's doing vis-a-vis the kids who outpicked him this weekend, and also you know there is still some Cole Beasley, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Ventura lyricism for us to talk about. Do you think maybe he's avoiding fantasy freestyle? I think it's definitely a possibility. Alright well hopefully hopefully he comes back and, and Danny we'll be uh, happy to have you back a little bit later on in the week. We love how you engage with the hashtag Stats Cipher on the YouTube stream. Thanks to everybody watching on YouTube. If you're listening on iHeartRadio if you're listening on TuneIn Radio if you're listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app you know what we do here. We put the fun and functional sports radio and give you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Your boy Speeds went 4-0 and against the spread for Divisional Weekend. I'll be getting you ready for championship weekend all this week. We'll take a look at Major League Baseball as well. Your boy Speed the Spittin' Statistician right here. I'll see you tomorrow. Fantasy Freestyle. Fantasy Sports Radio Network.